this time each week we catch up with National Party leader Judith Collins. Morning, Judith. Oh, good morning, John. Let's talk about this uh, mongrel mob leader who was given exemption to cross the border, ex- uh, essential worker exemption to cross the border in and out of Auckland. What's your reaction? Uh, well, it's just a real kick in the face for all those people who have been told that they can't get to work. We've got kids who can't get back to their boarding schools in Hamilton or Cambridge. We've got all of this going on at the moment and then to find out that Sunny Fatu has been declared an essential worker by the government and understand that there are other gang leaders as well who may be in that same situation uh, is is a, a total insult. And we understand that um, the government's put out a statement the Prime Minister has today saying, oh, it's all because he was his job was to try and get vaccinations in the gang community. But ultimately, let's be real, it's the gangs that have spread COVID into the Waikato from Auckland. They're the ones who haven't been following the rules. And now we've got uh, a whole chunk of Hamilton. Hamilton's now in a level three lockdown. How do you know that? We have it from our sources uh, within the community. And you can imagine that people let us know about uh, information, particularly when they're the ones having to say, uh, pass these gang members through the, the border checkpoints. So in relation to, you mentioned other gangs, what are you, what are you saying there? Are you saying that there have been exemptions, exemptions granted for other gang members or there we've are been, about to? John, we've been advised that there are other gang leaders and gang members who have been allowed through that border and so we are asking the government to front up on that issue. We have questions and written questions and relating to at least another uh, very senior and high-profile gang leader. And when we get the answers to that, we'll be able to share them with you. When you say high-profile, is that someone that may have been associated with the methamphetamine program in Hawke's Bay? Maybe somebody who's involved with a gang that sells methamphetamine. And it's very, very important that we remember that um, these people manufacture distribute and sell methamphetamine along with the COVID that they've delivered into the Waikato. My view, Judith, is that these people are essential to reach sectors of society that people like you and I have no hope in hell of reaching. Why don't you share that view? Uh, Well, actually, John, these people are also the ones who are spreading methamphetamine while they're spreading their COVID. Um, I just don't, I don't understand why it is, is that we have a father of three who can't get to be the birth of his triplets, but this guy can go in and out of Auckland. Um, This is absolutely disgraceful. Now, you might say, you know, I get your point that you say it's easier to reach these people. Well, hang on, what about the gang leaders in Auckland? Why do we have to bring up Sonny Fatu from the Waikato? And the answer is because the gangs are the ones who are breaking the law. And we know very well that the government was very quick to say that uh, Samoan Assembly of God Church and and Mangri was one of the big epicentres. They've been very slow to say that it's actually the gangs this time. Yeah, was this invitation, though, for this particular gang leader to go to Auckland came from South Seas Healthcare, which I understand is a reputable organisation. They obviously saw merit in it. Well, they'd have to answer for that themselves. I'm somebody who feels very strongly, like most New Zealanders do, that methamphetamine and the trade that the gangs have been operating for a very, very long time, that that is actually one of the worst things that has ever happened to this country. It is right through our community now, and the soft-on-crime approach from the government has certainly not helped. And we now have them considered an essential worker 
I mean, what an insult to all those essential workers who really are genuine, and secondly, all those people who can't get to cross the board to even get to school. Can we talk about this correspondence between Pfizer and the government last year, which the National Party has put a spotlight on today? What's the main issue there as far as you're concerned? Well, the big issue really is, John, and this is very good work from our Chris Bishop, uh, our spokesperson on this, is that the Pfizer actually wrote Pfizer wrote to the government in June last year, uh, the Ministry of Health, and said, look, we want to help you um, get the vaccination. We've got this coming through, the vaccine. And it took six weeks for the government to even put in place the funding to get them to be in the position to even negotiate with Pfizer. So they wasted six weeks. In the meantime, if we remember in May last year, before this, they'd actually set up and set aside, is it $37 million to have some sort of idea that they were going to create their own vaccine in New Zealand? Um, it was just total pie-in-the-sky stuff. And in the meantime, we they were slow to negotiate with Pfizer. They were slow to put a team together. They were slow to put the order in. What was really clear is they were slow to sign the contract, and they didn't do it until December last year, late December, first order not put till the end of January this year. No wonder we're so far behind the rest of the world. Are you saying that in actual fact we could have had a six-month lead on where we are at the moment? Well, I think that that is a fair point, John. I think you you are right to say that we would be, we're about six months behind. That's why other countries were being vaccinated before us. And we know that the Pfizer vaccination and all the vaccinations, we need to have top-ups and boosters. But actually, imagine if we could have got people uh, the vaccine in place a lot earlier before all that, um, the nonsense and the sort of misinformation that's been all over the internet and Facebook and other other vectors for it, um, has done its worst. And that's one of the reasons we had 20% vaccination rate before uh, this last major lockdown is slowness of getting the vaccine in place, slowness of getting it out to uh, almost a, a, a crippling refusal to get the GPs involved and the pharmacists involved. And only now are we seeing starting to see more of them being involved. Okay, can I just go back to the the gang issue because there's another question I wanted to ask and it's something that was raised uh, by several callers. What alternative would National put on the table to try and get that sector, the gang sector of community, signed up to the vaccination programme and with the vaccination programme? What's your ideas other than just condemning the government on this one? Well, we believe that the whānau aura providers are far better uh, mechanism for getting into all sorts of hard-to-reach places and at the same time they're a genuine uh, provider of services and they have been far more successful than many others. In terms of... What sort of, what sort of gang engagement is there with Fano Order? Well, obviously each will have their own engagements but it is gangs are simply people. Um, they're just people who choose to live uh, outside the law and in the underworld and they are people who choose not to comply with the law. So the Fano Aura people have been very successful. When I read this morning of John Tamahiri advising that the uh, White Pereira Trust in West Auckland has been able to get 30,000 people vaccinated, that is the sort of programs we would think are very sensible. As for gangs themselves, um, look, if they want to reform themselves, if gang, reformed gang members want to go and do it, but when you're talking about people who head up organisations 
whose profit comes from methamphetamine selling and they're suddenly called an essential worker, well, what a slap in the face for real ones. All right. One further question, last question of the uh, of the morning. Um, I see the government and Chris Hipkins talked about this on the radio this morning. They're considering making vaccination mandatory for school teachers. What's, what's your view on that? Well, John, first off, they've got to be able to get themselves something, um, the proof of vaccination in place. So we've had it in the UK's had it since May, um, EU since June, and New Zealand is now talking about getting it in place by possibly December, possibly January. It's all very late. And I think, too, when you come to mandating it, the government needs to be able to have a very clear programme as to why that should be and exactly what... um, they have to deal with all of the concerns that people have. So, But would I you be for, for or against it? You're for or against well, it? Well, it depends on what the medical advice is, and it's also dependent on people being able to, uh, schools being able to say that they can cope with that. We may have people leaving the teaching profession if they do that. The government needs to address those, and they need to actually look at the law and how that's able to happen. Are we for or against? Depends on the advice.